On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to build your personal brand, how to become an Amazon top seller, and ribeye steak. Let's go! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Blind Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jonathan Grisbowski, and today I have with me Calvin Wayman. He is the CEO of Cobbs Media. This speaker, this man with the awesome beard and cool hat, our guest speaker today is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and social media entrepreneur. He recently published his first books, which debuted on the Amazon Top 100 of all books in the success category. His book is called Fish Out of Water, The Guide to Achieving Breakthrough and Permanently Transforming into the New You. He's been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, The Huffington Post, Social Media Examiner, and even named one of the top 30 entrepreneurs under the the age of 30 by influencer.com. Today he is one he is the CEO of a successful social media camp uh, company called Hobbs Media uh, designed to make corporations, small businesses and personal brands grow, stand out through the power of social media. He is the one behind the four C's to your social media success. Please welcome the honorable Calvin Wayman. Jonathan, thank you so much for having me. I feel me, like brother. there should be applause after that, like, like a whole audience behind us. So, uh, cue to the podcast editor. Could you just put applause in yeah. there? That'd be, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. please. Uh, yeah, thank you. He he, he just heard it. So, uh, awesome. <laughs> um, so with that in, in mind, Calvin, before we begin, before we we uh, we we get into the the, the nitty gritty of, of the of the story, we have to start off the podcast the same way we do with every podcast, and that's an icebreaker. So. Okay. Imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. What is okay. that one piece of food that you're going to eat in order to, to make sure that your day is complete? A ribeye steak. Right. That like that is that is just with the first thing that popped in my mind. And my brother-in-law makes the best. Like he's ruined me. I go to restaurants. And it's not even close to how he does a, a nice ribeye steak that just melts in your mouth. Oh, yeah. that would That's just the way to end a perfect day. So are we just going steak on the plate? Is there anything accompanied by that? Are we doing um, any sides? Yeah, so you can do asparagus, which is good. But something else that I started doing with ribeye steaks that's something I used to not like is uh, – what do you even call it? It's – how did I just forget? Um, <laughs> it's also like a plant. You like peel it off. What's it called? Artichoke. Um, artichoke. Yeah. yeah, artichoke. Um, uh, so I now like artichokes with my ribeye steaks. So I think that'd be a nice thing to accompany as well. A couple. Oh, another question: What are, what are we seasoning it with, and uh, how are we getting simple. it prepared? Um, it's gonna be super simple. I think all he does is like salt, pepper, and maybe garlic, mm-hmm. and he prepares it over a barbecue and medium rare, and it's just awesome. There you go. It can't be too thin. It has to be a little bit thick oh, too. Yeah. So, yeah. so Calvin, thank you so much for an- answering that first question. The first real question is: Tell us about yourself. Who are you, and what is your story? Do, to be honest, one of the things that I try to hit home quite a bit when I have this opportunity, or I I'm blessed to get on stage or anything like that, is to tell the people that are listening right now that. I'm just a regular dude. Like, and I mean that 
so so literally uh you and i were talking about some 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 of the big names in i guess entrepreneurship before right before this podcast and when i was getting started like when i was at an employee job and everything i would look to these bigger names and i would be like yeah it'd be cool to have that um it'd be cool to be like that but as i started getting into it i realized it was actually really fucking hard to go after it and the problem was is since it was so hard, I thought there was something wrong with me. And so the I, the reason I bring all this up is when people listen to a podcast interview or they're listening to you, they're like, well, it'd be cool to have a podcast or it'd be cool to be on a podcast, but I don't know if I can. You can. So that's the very first thing that I just want to make sure I hit home is there's no difference between me and the person that's on the other side of this listening to this. Totally. So, uh, Cobbs Media is a uh, a social media agency. If you can just expand yeah. a little bit on that, you know, what is Cobbs Media? How does it help people? Yeah. So it it helps people by establishing their brand on social media. We work mostly with personal brands. We do some companies and some nonprofits, but mostly personal brands. So I think how we take a different approach than most social media agencies is. 98% of social media agencies are all campaign focused. And what I mean by that is they're all like, okay, we can do this to get this lead right now. But the problem with that is if you're not focused on the brand, as soon as the campaigns turn off, the leads turn off. And so we focus on building the brand so you build brand equity. So in the long run, even if you're not spending money on advertising, people still recognize you enough that they're going to still bring leads into your business and still give you sales. So that's what our main focus is, is social media branding. Interesting. So um, you mentioned in, uh, in, in when we were talking off, uh, off the air about this time and period of your life where you just kind of risked it all. Um, uh -huh. Can you speak a little bit about that? Tell us about that experience and you know, what was going on uh, throughout your mind and your body and your soul. Totally. So you're talking two and a half years ago when I quit my day job. Uh, man, uh, what, what, honestly, what it, it, I just got enough was enough. Like what ended up happening is I finally quit my day job. Now people look at me and like, how did you get the courage to quit? Like how did you – like what did you have lined up? Well, I didn't have anything lined up, and I don't know if, know if I build up courage or whatever. Like I wasn't brave, but what happened was, at the it was, every year my birthday is near the end of the year, and every time I hit my birthday, I reflected back and asked, "What do I have to show for it?" It was pretty piss poor, to be honest. There was nothing to show for it. I got a paycheck, but then I spent the money and. Some and and year over year was actually getting deeper in debt, so I had nothing to show for it, and and it started to eat at me because my my calling was to be an entrepreneur. Like I knew that I wanted to create my own business, I wanted to make my own stamp on the world. I didn't want to be an employee, but the idea of actually doing it paralyzed me. I what if I failed? What if I get deeper in debt? I have a wife, I have a one year old. What if? Um, what if we end up on the streets? What if I go deeper in debt? What's my dad going to think? What, what are my parents going to think? What, what, what are my friends going to think if I fail? Like all of these things. And then ultimately what caused me to jump is after it was year after year after year, I then one day, I don't know where I picked it up, but I just projected myself 10 years into the future. 
and I thought to myself, what if this same pattern continues? What if I wake up 10 years down the road and nothing has changed, right? That – you speak about, about my soul. Like that, that thought ate at my soul. That ate at me. And the thing that ate at me more is as I was reading books of entrepreneurs and seeing people that were doing it, the fire was getting bigger to want to do something, but I wasn't acting on it. And so the big fear I had in that moment was what if I wake up in those 10 years and not only am I more stuck because I have more responsibility, not less, but what if because I didn't act on it, this this fire, this desire to go out and do something, what if that fire – died what if it died what if it died and i became this old cynical dude that just pissed on other young people's dreams and says wait till you hit the wait till life really knocks you around you you have these dreams yeah just wait till you're 30 40 it's it's all gonna go away it's all a pipe dream like i i envisioned myself turning into that bitter old dude and it I hated it so bad the the fear of that actually being a possibility is what – that big fear is what swallowed, swallowed the smaller fears of what if I don't make it, what, what's going to happen, where I was just like I would rather try and have the legacy for my kids that I went after it and failed – so it was least on my terms that I tried it and went after it than just be explaining a story of regret later on. So that's what got me to just jump in and quit. So two things. Uh, first question is, what, when is your birthday? November 1st. November 1st. Uh, I'm a Scorpio. Okay. okay. Yeah. And uh, when you said the end of the year, my, my birthday is at the, the very end of the year. So I was just curious to see. Oh, yeah? I had a sense that we had. We like the 30-something? Yeah, uh, December 30th. Um, so then the second, the second thing is, um, what were you doing? What was your job? So I had a, a management position at a call center. I was in sales for six years, uh, was horrible at sales. When I went in there, I held the record for the worst performance a sales agent ever had. Congratulations. Thank you. In fact, I still hold that record. I think they have systems in place that would automatically fire a person if they got close (laughs) to that now. Because of me, um, but um, figured out the the whole sales thing. Uh, climbed the ranks, was a manager of over about thirty people. It honestly was a great job. That I mean, some people would kill for, but it just wasn't my own thing. Hmm. It was still an employee job. So even though it looked good on the outside, my soul was still being slowly crushed and living or having a slow death on the inside. So. So now you you quit your job. You have absolutely you know no backup plan. You have a wife. Mm-hmm. You have a, a beautiful child. Um, mm-hmm. How did you land into social media, and how is that now translating into a profitable business for you? It took a while. It took a process of about a year. So when I quit my day job, when I realized just listening to my soul that that w- that's what I was going to do, it felt so right. I didn't know how I was going to do it. And I think that's a theme in entrepreneurship. That's why I love your show, The Blind Entrepreneur. You go at a lot of this blind. Like, uh, and, that, and I certainly did. I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. I didn't know the how. So it felt right, and that guided me. I was like, okay, what's my next right step? 
And what I ended up getting into is I already was in sales, but it was it was kind of a cush sales thing. It was over the phone, all inbound. And so I was like, if I'm going to really do this entrepreneur thing, I'm probably going to have to develop some skills. I'm probably going to have to develop some thick skin from what I hear from the hundreds of books I've read at this point on business and entrepreneurship, stories I hear of, of having to just grind. So I was like, I want to do something that I know that if I can get through this, I can start a company because I couldn't find out what I wanted to start with as a company. So I ended up moving from Utah to Southern California to do door-to-door sales just to challenge me. Uh, knew exactly zero people in California. Just took my wife and my one-year-old and we just went down there and uh, yeah, just started doing it and – just because I had a mentor tell me that if you could do four months of door-to-door, hey, you probably could do pretty much anything. And I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know uh, how it was going to be. And honestly, I hated it. Like it was it was the hardest thing by far I've ever done. Um, but even though I hated it, I hated the like the struggle of it, get, getting deals, like the grind of door after door, the rejection after the re- rejection. I went and did it anyway, and that's where I learned that motivation is kind of BS, meaning it's not just about feeling like it. You can't wait till you're feeling like doing the right thing. If you're waiting to feel the right thing or waiting for the right time, you're just going to do what I did and wait year after year after year and be like, what the F? What's, what am I doing? And so I started to develop this this attitude of, well, this is the right thing to do whether I have the motivation to do it right now or not. I'm going to do it. And started doing that, and then while I was in Southern California, I got really fortunate. I fell into an entrepreneurial community just by attending events, and that was massive for me because I started to get around other like-minded people in a physical way for the first time in my entire life. I ended up investing in myself and hiring a business coach that had a mastermind component that got me around other people that introduced me to other um, – of his contacts and ultimately I didn't know what I was going to do but I became very intrigued by this new app on your phone called Periscope. Now I don't know if many of your audience even knows what Periscope is. It's not very big right now. But Periscope was Paris there's there everybody knows what Facebook Live is. Facebook Live came from the creations of Meerkat and Periscope. Mm -hmm. These two apps came out, blew up, showed that Facebook Live was awesome. Then, and so I got, I was one of the early adopters in Periscope. That's where I made my, uh, where people, strangers discovered me for the first time. It's where I made my first dollar online, uh, made my first email opt-in, made my first courses through Periscope and got into Entrepreneur Magazine and things like that because of my work in Periscope. And to make a long story short, Facebook comes around, introduces Facebook Live to everyone. Periscope is no longer what it used to be. Um, so when that happened, I like to think that I wasn't so romantic, I guess, to Periscope. I, 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 had, I took a step back when that was happening and be like, well, why do I like Periscope? And it wasn't that it was Periscope. It was I like technology that's cutting edge, that's changing all the time because I like different things that allow an everyday person be able to get their message across to the world and make a difference and an impact. And when I recognized that, 
that's when I fell into social media. I was like, well, that's what social media is. It's allowing every single person that has access to the internet to start building a brand, making a name for themselves. Doesn't matter who they are, where they came from, what country they're in, what their zip code is, they can start making a name for themselves through social media. And so in January 2016, that's what I did. I just like, I am a social media uh, manager at the time and slowly started building this uh, social media management company and just been growing that ever since. So you have the social media company. You discussed earlier that you focus primarily on personal brands. What are some mm -hmm. things that we can do um, to better our personal brand uh, you know, today without giving away all of your secret sauces, totally. of course? I will give away as much secret sauce as you want to go dig deep on. That's totally fine. Um, but this is actually where I, I – I kept getting that question a lot, and I asked that question a lot. I was like, how can I make this simple when I was digging deep? Because there is so much information out there on social media. There, there are so many courses, and you can overwhelm yourself with the thousands of tactics that you can learn uh, with, with social media and what works and what doesn't work. And so what I ended up formulating is something called the four C's to social media success. And those are the four things that if you do them and do them well – it will be so hard not to stand out. And those four C's are content, context, consistency, and connection. That's it. Those are the only four things you really need to know. You don't need to know hundreds or thousands. You need to know those four principles and do them. So content, context, consistency, and connection. And I don't know how deep you want to go into each of them, but to answer your question, what Let's we can do to start deep. Awesome. <laughs> so to, start, to, to help your personal brand, I think what's important to know is the first big uh, – pitfall that most personal brands and businesses do make when they go on social media. The biggest mistake they make is they go on social media telling the world what they do, thinking the world is going to give a shit. They don't. And so they get discouraged. And so what do you do instead of just talking about what you do like this is my business – this is um, this is why I'm better than my competition. They start a business page or a profile and they try to say why they're better. But people don't resonate with that. So what do people resonate with? There's an awesome talk, a TED Talk, by a guy named Simon Sinek that is the script on how you should build a personal brand on Facebook or on Instagram or anything on social media. And he uses examples of other big businesses or people that have gathered – a big following over the years. Even though they have – there's other people in the exact same industry, access to the exact same resources, and they don't bring a following. So how do they do it? So we'll use Apple as an example. He says, if Apple was like everybody else, then a marketing message from them would sound like this. We build the best computers. You should buy one. Right? Like that's what most people – that's what their marketing sounds like. We're the best. You should buy it. And if Apple did that, nobody would be very inspired. So what, what does their marketing sound like? Their marketing sounds more like this. In everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo. We believe in thinking differently. And because we believe in challenging the status quo, because we believe in thinking differently, we create products that are simple to use, beautifully designed, and user-friendly. We just so happen to create great computers. 
Now want to buy one? And it's a totally different feeling, right? So what did they do? In simple terms, what they do and what you want to do if you want to grow a personal brand is switch from talking about what you do to why. And by why, I mean what are your deep-seated core values and beliefs? You and I had an awesome conversation um, before this, and what I love about it from a social media perspective is both of us had opinions on something that not everybody would agree with. We could respectfully disagree on something, but it was an opinion that was a, that was a core value and belief. That is what works on social media. You share that, that belief, something's going to happen. Two th beautiful things happen. You, when you share exactly what you believe, a bunch of people leave because they're not going to agree with what you believe. But the people that do agree with that, they stick to you and they stick to you like glue. So that's the type of content you got to have. I, I think of it like I say you're building your own congregation. You're building your own tribe. And when I say congregation um, at, on podcasts or in events, I ask the audience like when I say congregation, where, where does your head go? Where do, you, where do you imagine to see a congregation? And most people say church. I think of church. Social media is a lot like church. If you ask yourself what brings people together, what makes them congregate, it's not the what. It's not that the building on the inside is the best-looking building in town. It's not that it had the best-looking pastor. It's not that it looked the best on the outside. It's the, the people that, that bonds those people together is they all have a common set of core values and beliefs. Mm. And the people that don't fit that, they go to that church and they hear something they don't want, they leave. Awesome. That's not your perfect candidate. They hear something that they totally believe in. They stick. They stay. They fight for it. Same for you on social media. Get clear on what you stand for, what you believe in, what your story is, and post about that. If you're just posting about that you're the very best butcher or the best business coach or the best whatever, then they're a dime a dozen. But if you can speak to a set of core values and beliefs – then you will attract other people that have similar core values and beliefs and your audience will grow. And this, by the way, is the number one thing that people, whether you love them or hate them, from Gary Vaynerchuk to Dan Bilzerian to Ellen DeGeneres to Ty Lopez, that's what they do super well. And that's why they're so massive with their following is they get clear on, on what they stand for and believe in and, and they post about that. Yeah. So that's the deepest part um, we could go, and that's just talking about the content. Yeah, and that's, um, number one, incredible analogy. Uh, I think that really resonates with me personally, and I'm sure the people that are listening as well. Um, when it comes to your why, it uh -huh. can be difficult to you, – you might, people might have a why in their head, but they may not uh -huh. be able to actually transcribe Articulate that. it. Yeah, and articulate uh -huh. it to, through the internet. So uh, is uh -huh. there anything that has worked really well for you or your clients that you can kind of speak to in order to truly find out what their why is without making it not sound like you know a, co a carbon so, copy or fake? Dude, dude, this has been – yeah, so – Nobody has ever asked me this, by the way, on a podcast, <laughs> that question. And that is probably one of the, the, my favorite things that we do at Cobbs Media. So that, that was a tough thing starting out because you can't just say, hey, what's your why? Mm. So we actually got together and developed something called a deep dive. 
at Cobbs Media. And what it is, our deep dive is it's a process that people are going through. It takes us one to three hours to take a client through this process. We ask them a bunch of questions and they don't even know that they're uncovering their core values, but they are. And I can just give you a quick rundown of what we do to trick people into coming up with what their core values are. First of all, who are three people that resonate with you? We have them write their names down. Awesome. If it's Tony Robbins, awesome. Uh, why does Tony Robbins resonate with you? And have them list reasons. What do you think Tony Robbins stands for? What does he believe in? Like all these things. And I have them list all of those things out. And I do that with two more times with two other people. And then I do the same thing with if the person is named Barbara. And I'm like, awesome. Now let's do it with Barbara. Like what do you think you stand for and you believe in? It's so funny doing that because that's the, are always the hardest one mm-hmm. is the last one. Most people miss it. But then I do something fun. I'm like, okay, now let's put all these core values together on one list. And they put them all the, from each person on one list, and this is what's fun. That list of core values is not Tony Robbins. It's not Ty Lopez's, and it's not just that person's. That list is the person's list of core values. Because the only reason they even acknowledged it in Tony Robbins is because it was important to them. And this has been so fun for me to do because I will have people say the exact same person's name and the list of core values that they come with, why they like that person, is completely different. And so it's sometimes hard to dig deep into us and find out what our why is, but it's super easy to know that we like somebody and try to figure out why we like them. And if we like them, it's because there's something in us that triggers us that makes us like that. So that's the basic, the basis of the process that we follow. And then that first list, I call it the the core values candidate list. And then I walk them through a process that gets it super narrowed down to where it's like uh, taking 20 things down to two or three. Um, But yeah, that's the number one thing that helps people get it. Figure out who you like. Ask yourself why. Go deep in there and that person's core values, that person's belief. Do that with a couple others. And the only reason you're recognizing those things is because they matter to you. And so now the follow-up question to all that is translating that into media. How important do you think video is to telling your story? Um, and then are, are there any if yeah. are there any other tricks and tips that you think that people can use in order to tell their story online? Yeah, so now we're starting to get a little bit more tactical. So this is the biggest frame. Like if you have that down, you're good. And now there's things like if you're on Facebook, for example, definitely do video. Right now do Facebook Live because Facebook's giving a ton of focus and, and energy to that. You can um, some You can make people – get like a notification and stuff that you go live. Um, but the most important thing is to do that. And then the other couple C's that I talk about context, consistency and connection, like be consistent with posting that. Like there's, there's other tricks you can do where like for me, I create most of my content in a single, uh, 30 minute window for the next seven days. So I just create a bunch of content. Then you can put it in a scheduler that posts it for you twice a day, every day, seven days a week. So that's something, a little tactical thing. I don't know if you have any more specific questions, but um, once you get clear on your core values, it makes it easy to know what content to create because if your core value is something around uh, entrepreneurship is doable, but it's hard, like that's a very deep core value, then write a piece of content around that. 
and it it could just be a photo with a quote. It could be a quick video that's like a 60-second clip. But you do all that, post it. People are going to know your story based on your core values and beliefs. And again, if you use a scheduler, if you're on Facebook and do it on a page, they can schedule it by them by itself within Facebook. But if you don't have that, you can get something like Hootsuite and these other scheduling softwares that will just post it for you. So now uh, we'll translate to the book. Um, okay. You have I think I think it was like a, I think. Amazon top uh, 100 for the top 100 and all categories. the yeah in all the success category. Yeah. Yep. So let's talk about the the book. How how what is the topic of the book to those who have never may have never heard of it and what yes. can we expect in order to gain out of the book? The best way to explain fish out of water is it's a it's a simple read that helps you how to it helps you go from awkward to awesome. Uh this is what I think most books teach you on goal setting. Um, this book is to fill a gap that I just saw missing, especially as I jumped into this entrepreneurial game. I mentioned earlier when I first jumped in, I thought there was something wrong with me because I was going after something I'd never done. But what I started to learn as I did several things that I'd never done before from leaving Utah to California to – leaving my comfortable employee job to entrepreneurship, to doing door-to-door sales, to writing a book, to uh, to networking, all of these things. Like people normally say, this is where you are and here's your vision. Here's this perfect laid out process to get your goal. And they completely ignore this phase that that I call the fish out of water stage where you, when you step into it, it feels so weird. It feels so awkward. You think you're doing something wrong. And you feel like you can barely breathe. You feel like a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. And so the tragedy is, since most people were not prepared for that phase, they think something's wrong, and so they end up reverting back to their old fishbowl, as I call it, and and never even make the growth because they're like, I can't breathe. I'm gonna die. My brain's freaking out. So I got to go back to what feels safe. And so what this whole book is about is. It's acknowledging and recognizing, no, this is good. If you hit this stage, you're on the right track. You're going to be a fish out of water. But then here are the principles to break through and get to the other side so you don't revert back to being what I call a guppy, but instead break through and become what I call one of the sharks. Now, that's now. I guess my, my next question into that is becoming an Amazon top seller – is ridiculously hard. Um, were th- I was just lucky. I had no strategy. Yeah, um, I was just gonna I say, like, what's the strategy? Yeah. So one of my one of my uh, you became a shark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of the, in fact, the first main core principles in my book, and something that I've been living by so badly, so goodly, I guess, in the last two years is done is better than perfect, and. As an entrepreneur, that like that's what I love. Like you sometimes step into something and you don't know what you're going to do. You're going to step into a blind, and that's a good thing. The the perfection freezes us so many times. It just makes our ideas sit on the shelf, not ship, and not push publish on that blog post, um, not ask that girl out, whatever it is. Like just it, that's where we we suffer when we don't do anything. So I'm a big fan of just doing it and getting it done, even if it's imperfect. And I did that with my book. My book took me a grand total of one and a half months from beginning to writing it to publish. 
And I had a really good coach that was really pushing me. I was trying to get it done in a weekend. That didn't happen. Um, but it took me a month and a half to get it done. And I just launched it organically. Came out with some uh, contest like the night before and said, oh, I'm going to do a raffle for everybody that buys a book and they get a raffle ticket. doesn't cost me anything, but I want to do something really cool with these raffle tickets. I'm going to give away Apple products. I love Apple. I have an iPhone. I have a MacBook. I'm going to give away a, a MacBook Pro, an Apple iPhone, and a iPad for um, just randomly to three people for people that buy my book, send me the receipt because everybody gets a raffle ticket. And so that was my strategy that I that came out of my bum. Like – the night before. And so I was like, send me your, your receipt. And if you buy it today, you get five raffle tickets instead of one, like made people just want to buy it. Then they wanted to support me anyway, which I was shocked with my audience. Like it was so supportive because I'd never done anything like this before. Nobody knew I was writing a book and I came out and surprised everyone. And I was just overwhelmed with support. And yeah, over the course of uh, the few weeks just promoting it and people buying bulk orders so they could get extra raffle tickets for mm. extra tickets to increase their chances of getting a MacBook and a and a iPhone and a did iPad. You, like that's what happened. Did you at least make your money back? Because I mean that's a huge investment yeah, so to, to to do. That's the thing. Risky. I had no. I this it actually wasn't. My risk was zero. So I what I did is I literally when I had the idea I went to Amazon and looked at all the products that I wanted to get and saw how much they would cost. And then I saw how many book sales I would have to sell to make that up. Mm -hmm. And that was the caveat with the contest that I told people up front. I was like, you, this is what you're winning for the raffle tickets. Now it's contingent on getting X number of book sales, mm, okay. but, but it, it didn't, we never even hit into it because the book sales just happened, you know? And so then I just used the money that I made on the book sales to go buy somebody those things off of Amazon and ship it to them. Took no money out of my pocket, literally no investment. It was the people that bought the book that paid for their own products. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, uh, now I'm curious to hear if the people that actually received the products, have they now become fans for life because of you? You'll have to ask them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, we're, I see them on my posts all the time. Um, they're still there. I've been, like I said, I've, I'm always getting some messages here and there that I just, that like I just read your book a second time or I, when I put it on Audible or like I just listened to it and I got something different hearing you say it and so thank you so yeah I I, I get both sides people that got products from me and people that didn't uh, but yeah I would say the the people that did that's that's kind of cool and I tend to to notice their name when I post something on on social media so you have this uh, Amazon top 100 book. You have this social media business. How do you translate from, I guess, book sales to potential clients? Or is there even a crossover? Uh, well, that's the thing is there's something that comes that is so special with writing a book because – and if you're an entrepreneur and you want to make it – if you want to make waves in your, in your niche or your industry, it is one of the – easiest most overlooked things best time for your money type of a thing and it's not about all the money you're going to make on the book sales but i don't know if we realize how hard it was to publish books 50 to 100 years ago like 200 years ago let's say it was so insanely hard to get a book out to get like 
I don't even remember what they're called, like these printing press things. They had to tediously like change the type each letter and make sure it wasn't wrong and do it for every page. Like you had to be a pro just to set the type on the page. It was insane. So what that started to do is it started to develop this idea in society that if you have a book, you're a badass. That is still held today because of that. And this is – and guess what? It's easy as sending an email almost. If you type up a book, you can have Amazon publish it for you for free. You don't co- – my book cost a grand total of $21 to produce. And so Amazon will publish it for free. You only get paid or you – the only thing time you ever pay anything is you get – give Amazon a cut when they sell a book for you. You just get – you just see the profits, right? So be, that's what it did for me is even though I wanted to write a book to give back to what books did for me, it's been huge for positioning because people just – here you have a book and they're like, okay, you're – I'm going to take you way more seriously than everybody else mm. that doesn't have a book. And with me where it's really been helpful is not just with clients. I think it's helped with clients too in social media. But interestingly enough, this is not a social media book. Um per se. And that was against the advice of a lot of my smart entrepreneurial friends. But I was like, I get it. You're supposed to write a book that's in your niche, but this is the book that I feel called to write. So I wrote it. But what it has done is it has been like a calling card and an intro to get me on stages. Uh, And that is where the revenue has really paid for itself in the book. Because if you can make three, five, six, ten, fifteen grand to do a keynote that people they want you want you just come talk about your book then that feels pretty cool. Yeah. So that's where especially, your that's po- where, especially you're passionate about it too. Um yeah. I, I kinda wanna shift the focus a little bit um let's do it. Because the the, the advice that you've given thus far has been, you know, uh, incredible, but uh, when it comes down to you as a person, um, you were really uh-huh. interested and curious, uh, to, or excited at least, to talk about some processes and procedures and habits that you may have uh-huh. as a as a professional. So, what are some habits that have helped you become more efficient throughout your day? One that I picked up while I was doing door to door out of necessity, not because it sounded cool or I didn't get it from a podcast or anything like that, but I picked up meditation, mm. daily guided meditation. And again, like when I was doing door-to-door, I can't tell you the, the mental chatter that was going on. Like I had so much negative self-talk going on that would just depress me and put me in an anxious mood. And so I fell into meditation, and it saved my life, like literally. So that's something that I still continue to do to this day. Every single day I meditate. And – Another habit that – a couple more habits actually that I am pretty confident that they keep me as clear as I am even though we still have our ups and downs. The first one is exercise or another one is exercise. Is So some, you just got to get your blood pumping and do some form of exercise even if it's something like yoga where you're just getting your body flowing. And then a third thing is uh, journaling. I've been journaling a lot for the last several years and – just writing out and getting your thoughts in, in aligned and having to make sense of it. You, you have no idea how many 
times your thoughts are on repeat and you don't realize they're on repeat. And you, if you just put them down on paper, then it seems to stop the, the repetition and you just feel lighter. So those three things for sure um, have been daily habits that have helped me, meditation, uh, journaling, and exercise. So with that, the next follow-up question is resources. So is there any form of tech uh, resources that you use um, for yes. social media business, uh, your social media stuff, and then also like your internal process? Yeah, several things. So um, with with your phone, for example, so you can hire somebody like an agency like me to do your social media, but chances are if you're new, you're not going to be ready for that. So what can you do to make your posts look awesome? Two things you can do to make your posts look just top-notch. So if you're going to either put a filter on it or you're going to put text over a photo of yourself, on desktop, you can use something called Canva. So canva.com, super easy to, to, to make a post, uh, upload your photos in there, put text over it. If you have a phone, an iPhone or something like that, and you're doing stuff there, there's this app. I don't know if you can see it. It's called Word Swag, hmm. something called Word Swag, and – Word swag is super easy, again, to put make pictures look professional, but also put layer text over the image to just make you look awesome. And then tech and, and resources that I use to help me with guided meditation, again, if you're going to start meditating, it's very difficult to just say, I'm going to do it for the first time, and I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing, and I just hope this is working. Uh, so two apps that I've used that I love, it's hard to pick which one's my favorite, um, but they're Headspace and Calm. I'm using Calm right now. Um, they both are a subscription um, that you pay for for like a month or a year. They are bar none the best investment I've ever paid. If you have to pay $100 a year or 30 bucks a month or whatever for meditation, it's worth it. Nice. Like what it does for you, do it. So those two resources to help me meditate, that's been super, super useful. So my last final question uh, to you is the Blind Entrepreneur, this podcast was created for individuals who may be temporarily blind in business. They may not uh -huh. be able to see the obvious. Uh, they may be stuck in a particular place in their head and, and in, within their business. So what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? The three words that actually popped into my mind that are pieces of advice in and of themselves are decide, do, and done. I'll tell you what I mean by all of those. So first piece of advice is – the first piece of advice is to just decide. Like a lot of times – a lot of times we – get in our we have so many ideas or we get in our head and we don't know if we're good enough to actually start pursuing something and we just we just sit there so i think the very first thing you got to do especially when you're getting when you're in the beginning is pick something trust it and move in that direction that brings the second piece of advice which is do just do and for the blind entrepreneur, this is so important because a lot of times books teach us that you need to know all of these steps to get to your success. You need to know A, B, C, D, all the way through Z. But as I bring up in my book a little bit, in life and entrepreneurship, you're never going to know all of the steps. In fact, you only need to know three. You need to know Z, the general destination where you want to end up. You need to kind of know where you are, and you just need to know your next step. If you keep doing that, 
then you're going to win. That's what happened when I quit my day job. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew the next step was I wasn't going to be an employee, so I just got into action. So do. And then finally, done. What I mean by that is focus on completion. Um, a lot of times – it's what I said earlier. A lot of times we, we freeze with wanting it to be exactly right, so you need to remember that done is better than perfect. Keep taking that consistent, imperfect action. Focus on just getting it done, and you'll win. Can't help but win. So decide, do, done. Love it. Awesome advice overall, man. Calvin, you, you successfully yeah. completed the podcast, so congratulations to you, sir. Thank you. I, I leveled up. Absolutely. You easily became uh, from a Charmeleon to a Charizard. So. Um, Heck yes. <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned briefly that you have a special gift and surprise for everybody. So uh, the floor is yours, my man. Uh, look right into the camera. The next 30 seconds is uh, yours to talk about your journey, talk about how people can follow you, and how they can be a part of your mission. Heck yeah. So the, you mentioned a free gift. Yeah, so I'm giving your audience something called a free social media makeover. This is something totally awesome that we used to sell for $300. It's totally free right now that I'm doing on some podcasts. And what it is, it's not just a PDF that I'm going to send you. It's an actual live phone call with me, myself, personally, or someone on my team that will help you get started and established in your social media. You can get it by going to socialmediamakeover.org. So that's probably the best place to connect with me is socialmediamakeover.org. Or if you're on any of the other social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you can find me just by searching Calvin Wayman. Fantastic, man. Again, thank you so much for your time. To everybody else who's still watching or listening, thank you guys for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Until next time, everyone, have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for watching this video. Don't forget to follow me on any and all social media platforms using the long last name above, followed by the letter J. If you want to get lost into the dark abyss of YouTube, click either left or right for another video. And finally, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. No, seriously, don't forget.